You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Martha and I went and saw Shang-Chi. Yes. Which was fucking great. Super great. It was so cute. (laughs) It was really funny and really cute. Definitely go see it if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. The outfits at the end. Yeah, were so nice. Incredible. Yeah, but yeah, the whole thing was just funny. There's a lot of, yeah. a lot of Ooh, funny good moments. monsters, too. Yes. You know I love a good monster. Yes. Oh, um, they have a plush of Morris. Oh, dude. <sighs> yeah, they do. So it's cute. really cute. It's so fucking adorable. Cute. I was like, I'm mad. Yep. No. Yeah, so cute. Yeah. You will enjoy it. If you enjoy this podcast somehow, you will definitely <laughs> enjoy that. <laughs> and we finally caught up on What If yesterday. We did. We, oh, are, both, no. we are both mad about First how one. so what we could have had if, if it wasn't fucking Peter Quill. Both of us were like, this is a strange What If. Yeah, like when they were, we were like, like who, what who if T'Challa is yeah, Star Lord? I'm so like, so random. This is, and then it was so and then good. It was like, what it if Star Lord so... was not terrible, which is the actual title of the the episode. What if Star Lord was not terrible and instead was incredible and good at everything and yep. way hotter? Mm. It was so good. Both of that episode so ended, satisfying. and both of us were like, "I'm a little mad about how much." I think that, like, I obviously loved the first episode of Peggy as Cap, but like, no, that one was my favorite. that one is definitely by my favorite. Oh my god, it's so fucking good. yeah, <laughs> fun. Yep, yeah. What was so? There was the Doctor how Strange many, one. Three hundred jokes about the, fucking Thanos and genocide. Oh my god, it was so. It was just so Shitting good. Shitting my pants. What were the other? So there was the. Doctor Strange ones, which was lame, and yeah. the zombie ones, which Martha and I then went on a giant thing of zombie yeah. science. What is how do zombies? Yeah, so mm-hmm. that might happen. Yeah. A rant episode, you maybe. Might get was some... it? Was there another episode? There was five, wasn't there? Yeah. So okay. What was the other one? Why can't I remember? Yeah, I literally can't remember it. Zombie strange serial killers. Serial killers. Yeah, I could pick that one apart too. That one was dumb. Also, we know too much about serial killers for that to be kind of. Sorry, you didn't work. You it was bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no wonder why I forgot about it. It was an old white man, which is what usually a serial killer is. It's like, oh, surprise! It's true. It was. This is true. The same fucking dude that it always is. Shocking. (laughs) Yeah, and they did make the zombie thing. It was less terrible than I thought it was going to be. Also, since I was like, how are you going to make zombies in this world without bringing in the disaster that is Reed Richards being like, what if I use science on zombies? I hate Reed Richards. I hope he dies. Let's sit with that for a second. This is a common, (laughs) common sentence in in our household. Martha has a lot of strong. Fe- I mean, I don't like Reed Richards either, but Martha has a lot of negative, strong feelings towards Reed Richards. Yeah. But if you haven't watched What If yet, and it's we just spoiled enjoyable. all of it for you, watch the first two episodes. The other ones really don't matter so far. They're yeah. I feel like there were bits and pieces. Yeah. Of, so the like little zombie montage at the like beginning with Peter was cute. Well, the whole fucking of, like, cute Thor part of the serial killer one was very <laughs> yes. And Coulson, Coulson's password. Steve, Steve, Steve. I love Steve. Oh seven oh four. 
All right, so I think that's essentially been all of it. I can't remember if there was anything else. We've been rewatching Batman Beyond. Have we been doing that since the last time? I think so. I am so busy. Yes. That we aren't aren't too many episodes in, but Mm -hmm. it's always wonderful. Except for the gross Babs Batman thing, but yeah, that was weird. We're gonna, we're gonna. There were a lot of. So I love. There will be a Batman Beyond episode, and we will go into this. Yeah, but I love Batman Beyond. But there were a lot of choices that they made that were very confusing. That's one of them. The whole Terry being related to Batman because Amanda Waller was like, no, you guys are related because of gene stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Because of genetics. Also, that is not my Amanda Waller impression. (laughs) I'm sorry, Amanda Waller. Please don't hit me. (laughs) All right, everyone. So. So. Uh, since we moved to bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. We double won't... bi-weekly because, you know, us. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, oh no, we're not going to have as much spooky because we won't be going on it every week. So I was like. <laughs> I was like, I have no idea where you were I going with this. So I was like, let's do it after our Dragon Con episode. So we, I mean, we've been, we've been spooky for oh, a week and, and a half, been, two like, weeks full now. Halloween yeah. for a let's while. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Yes. How much can I buy things? Yep. We have to start decorating. Yes. It's officially over. I just waited, wanted to wait till Dragon Con was over. Nope, now that I it's over, that. let's do it. it so for everything to be Halloween. Yes. Halloween. So spooky season is officially here. Is so our podcast is going spooky with it. Mm-hmm. I know we drank Oktoberfest last podcast, but the same clearly feel. still feeling the spooky with some Oktoberfest here. Mm-hmm. So we are starting our spooky season with episode 60. Yep. I'm Brittany Vitrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But First, Let's, Let's Talk, Talk Nerdy. Clink. Yeah, clink. Nothing like some glass. Mm. All right, Martha, you're first. What is your first spooky season topic? So let's see if you can <laughs> let's see if you can guess what it is from this dumb terrible thing that I'm going to try to attempt to do now. Okay. Hello, boys and girls. Crypt Keeper. We are talking about <laughs> Tales from the Crypt and the Crypt Keeper today. My, I did practice my Tales in my Crypt Keeper voice and laugh, so it's gonna come out. It's not great. <laughs> So, hello, kitties. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Tales from the Crypt and the Crypt Keeper and all of the, like, a million weird fucking spinoffs, okay. including the one where I was like, is this real? I don't think so. And then it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know I was thinking of that one of them was a fever dream the other day. Yeah. And then looked it up and was like, okay, I guess that's the thing. Um, we'll get there. But the probably the best place to start for all of this nonsense, and it truly is the worst nonsense, uh, is the beginning. So, Tales from the Crypt was an American horror comic anthology series published by EC Comics from 1950 to 1955, producing 27 issues. The first issue with the title was number 20 because it was previously international comics (laughs) okay you know how comics did that for a while no hold on okay so it was international comics from one through five international crime patrol at number six and then crime patrol 
from number 7 to 16. And then The Crypt of Terror from 17 to 19. And then they were like, Tales from the Crypt is the where, where we want to go. This is where we want to go with this. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I know! <laughs> so there were sister titles at the same time. Uh, the Haunt of Fear and The Vault of Horror. And it was pretty popular. Like, horror comics as a, as a genre were super popular after World War II when all of the young vets got back and they were like, we don't really want to watch, like, cute crime busters and shit like that. We want, like, some sexiness and violence. Fair. Yeah, you know, that's, that is totally fair. There's a one-shot called Eerie in 1947, which is generally considered the first true horror comic. Uh, with its cover depicting a dagger-wielding, red-eyed ghoul threatening a rope-bound, scantily-clad, voluptuous young woman beneath the full moon. Ooh. Like, if you put that, make that a teenager, that's a Goosebumps cover. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then in 1948, Adventures into the Unknown became the first regularly published horror title, enjoying nearly a two-decade lifespan. Uh, I didn't mention my sources. Clearly this has been quoted from Wikipedia, so that tells you. <laughs> and fandom. But I did also listen to a podcast on specifically The Crypt Keeper, which was called A Podcast But Evil. It was really good. It was genuinely enjoyable. So I recommend it. I only listened to that one episode, but I might listen to other ones. I think they just talk about, like, bad guys. And then they're like, here's why this person is evil. And then at the end, they're like... If we put this person in a fight against another evil bad guy, who would win? <laughs> in this one, it was the Crypt Keeper versus the Headless Horseman, and the Crypt Keeper won, which I think is fair because he's very clever and also. We doing like a Jason versus. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So in 1950, EC publisher uh, Gaines and his uh, editor Al Feldstein discovered that they had similar tastes in horror and began experimenting with horror tales in their crime tales. Tales from the Crypt traces its origin to a Feldstein story, uh, Return from the Grave and EC's Crime Patrol, number 15, uh, with the Crypt Keeper making his debut as the host. It changed from Crime Patrol to the Crypt of Terror, blah blah blah. They were trying to figure themselves out, and I totally respect that. Sometimes you think you're going to be a cop, and then you're actually the Crypt Creeper. (laughs) (laughs) You know what happens. Moving on up in the world, let's be real. Uh, As someone who's had 40 different (laughs) career paths in her life, (laughs) I get it. um, Fair, fair. Uh, So in 1954, uh, Gaines and Feldstein intended to add a fourth book to their horror publications by reactivating an earlier title. Is that old? Yeah. So it's uh, 1915 and 1954 were the original Tales from Damn. the Crypt um, comics. I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah. You might have already said it, and I, I wasn't did, super paying I attention. I don't think it, like... You, right, registered, no really. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, they were trying to add this fourth title, um, bring back the Crypt of Terror, because they'd abandoned that for a minute, and now they're like, let's do another one. Um, and then they were stopped dead in their tracks, however, because uh, following the publication of Frederick Wortham's terrible name seduction of the innocent horror and other violent comics had come under scrutiny by parents school teachers clergymen psychologists and others who viewed the material as dangerous to the well-being of children and a significant contributor to the juvenile delinquency crisis in america so what they did about that what the comic book industry did about that and somehow 
this is the episode that I'm talking about the comic the comics code authority somehow this is the one instead of something about Batman and everybody being gay uh, but yeah so the comics code authority were a self-regulatory uh, group and they would place their stamp of approval on your comic if you were good and if you were bad then they would damn you in front of all the parents and then you would not do well. Wow. Um, yeah. And so uh, publishers were forbidden from using the words terror and horror in titles at all, which really puts a damper on your terror and horror comics. So here's some other nonsense about the fucking Comics Code Authority. Um, they sound like fucking sticks in the mud. Oh, they were the absolute worst. So there were there was a whole big thing because they were like, uh, Batman and Robin promotes homosexuality. And I'm like, not then. <laughs> Robin Robin's is like 13. Yeah. I mean, he's running around in his weird little shorts, but also y'all had a bunch of weird little outfits back then. It's and that's true. Like, it's that's, true. That's not our fucking fault. Are there people who are probably gay because of Batman and Robin? Maybe, but like, they were also on their way. They were I was there. Say, they were already. That was just probably there. the pivotal they're, moment. They're which awakening. We've all had. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Who uh, isn't gay for Dick Grayson? Literally no one. <sighs> Not when he's 13, but. No, no. As soon as he's like 18, have you seen that ass? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh the code was voluntary like i said there's no law requiring its use but uh, a lot of advertisers would like pull out if you weren't using it it was basically a censor for the comic book industry for a while because it was like oh you don't have this on your comic book cover so we won't promote you and then you'll just you know die a small slow death it was a huge fucking thing and then by the early 2000s jesus christ by the early 2000s publishers bypassed the cca and marvel comics abandoned it in 2001 by 2010 uh only three publishers still adhered to it DC Comics, Archie Comics, and Bongo Comics. Of course fucking DC Comics mm-hmm. did. And they broke up with it in 2011. Everybody broke it. I was going to say... 2011. That was all you people are big enough that you don't need to worry about it anymore. Yep. 2000? I Holy Because I've known about the Comics Code Authority, like, for a while. You know, I remember hearing about that and, you know... All I, I can see is hole. gross white guys being like... You can't do this. You can't do so this. So here are some of the rules on here. Just for fun. We'll get into actual fun later and it'll be good. But since this is coming up here, we're all getting a lesson in how terrible everything is. So crimes can never be presented in a way to create sympathy for the criminal. Uh, to I mean, pr- that's fair. To promote distrust of the forces of law and justice. Boo. Or to inspire a desire to imitate criminals. Boo. Do they well, not the know? the first one, like... Whatever. There's a lot of people to be sympathetic for that are criminals. Granted, normally well, they're yeah. not in I was going to say, books, not comic book criminals. But, like, still. You know. But what was the second one? To promote the distrust of the forces of law and justice. So which, if they never met a cop, 
there's policemen, judges, government officials, and respected institutions shall never be presented in such a way as to create disrespect for established authority. So literally, oh, yes, bitch, that's what that is. That's all they are. Mm-hmm. Criminals. Mm-hmm. All of those occupations are fucking criminals. Yeah. Uh, like I said, no yeah. comic, no comic magazine uh, shall use the words horror or terror in its title. Yeah, that's so random. Uh, and dumb. It was like, oh, things are scary, so now but we're not gonna... The, yeah, so All stupid. scenes of horror, excessive bloodshed, gory and gruesome crimes, depravity, lust, sadism, masochism shall not be permitted. Clearly, Sabrina did not follow that rule. There's a lot of things. Isn't there. that an Archie comic, too? Yes. They were like, we're gonna follow it, except for this. There were... Sabrina's like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Sabrina comics are really not the original ones. Yeah. Are like Archie comics. Yeah, but they're cute as shit. I'm assuming the original ones are, but in the in the 2000s. Oh no, I know nobody. So I don't understand. They how like they're... followed it, but didn't. Yes, because okay. uh, they just didn't officially ditch it yet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So here are some other ones. Females shall be drawn realistically without exaggeration of any f- physical qualities. Clearly, that was never adhered to. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen a uh, have you seen a woman um, no uh, she's 5'9 and she weighs 120 pounds and she can also beat you up and none of those things you can't be all three like of those things triple E boobs nope <laughs> those triple E boobs will weigh at least I don't know. No, at least 30 pounds yeah. there's no way she weighs 120 so pounds are her bones fucking hollow Jesus oh also um, so not all of this but uh, illicit sex relations are neither to be hinted at nor portrayed, which is boo. But rape scenes as well as sexual abnormalities are unacceptable. I don't know what you're talking about for sexual abnormalities, question mark, question mark, question mark. But let's never do a rape scene in a comic again, no. guys. Can we reinstitute? Reinstate? <laughs> Both of those. Reinstitute would work, but reinstate is better. Clearly and reinstates the easier word to stay. <laughs> well, I tried to say all of those words at once and it didn't work. Uh, sex provision. Sex provision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say this random thing. Sex here. provision. Sex perversion, which is literally sex perversion. I'm like, what is sex perversion? Or any inference to same is strictly forbidden, so I assume that's gay shit, but they didn't, like, want to literally, they didn't they even want to say. say gay shit. <laughs> they were like, uh, I don't know what that means, and I'm pretty gay, so, uh, you shouldn't make this, like, unreachable for the gays. Come on, guys. Uh, <laughs> um, do-do-do. And then what was the other one that was really dumb? They want everything to be moral. Uh, they don't want Gross. anything with Walking Dead or vampires or ghouls or cannibalism or werewolfism. I'm like, werewolves? Werewolves didn't also, do anything to fuck with anybody. I'm pretty sure The Walking Dead is a very popular comic. And has been for a while. <laughs> I mean, maybe it started in 2001. <laughs> I don't even know what... Is it Image? It's, it's, yeah, I was going to say, it's one of the other titles. Yeah, I know it's not Marvel or DC. Yeah. So, Comics Code... Ruined everything. Yeah, they suck. Mm-hmm. They were like, um, y'all can't make this anymore. Which are they, is why we only got are they the ones that shit. made, um, Contessa's boobs be... <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! Yes, yes, yes. Yes, that. There's also a really, like, 
there's a um, scene where Dick and Corey are clearly in bed after having had sex. And they, like, put more clothes on people, put more covers, and then they've got rid of the con- uh, condom wrappers because that's... And it's like, but they but still definitely had sex. Safe sex. So it's good to ha- encourage this. And they're like, but... So we definitely know the Bucky and Nat scene where everything's just broken in their room is after Marvel ditched the shit. Yes, <laughs> is. I'm so glad that we both thought of that scene immediately. That's really annoying, but it's uh, the truth. Um, okay. It's a, it's a good page in comics. What happened to that lamp, man? <laughs> oh, some, something happened to that lamp. Oh, ho. They definitely buy cheap Ikea shit. Because you gotta, you gotta, you, you gotta. break too much shit in there. Mm-hmm. I know you do. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, God. so comics uh, code. Sorry, oh, now I'm just thinking about that. But anyways, comics <laughs> code is trying to make you less horny. Yeah, well, fuck that. We're in quarantine. <laughs> I was gonna say, 2021. I'm allowed to be as horny as I want. Didn't Batman and Catwoman fuck on a t- like cover recently? Not on a cover. Inside. <laughs> So, um, EC is the, um, publisher at the time. Mm -hmm. And so they had three separate horror comics at the time. And, uh, there wasn't a lot that distinguished each of their titles and each of them had their own, uh, titular host, but the hosting duties were sometimes shared by, uh, some of the other two. So, um, you had the vault keeper, the crypt keeper and the old witch. And they all, I looked at pictures of them, they all look basically the same, except for, like, different hats. Like, the witch's kind of witchy hat, and there's, like, a, a hood on one person, and somebody has, like, long hair. But they all have, like, a weird, gross skull, yep. skull okay. face. They didn't quite look like, um, we didn't get Crypt Keeper until quite later. Uh, so the Vault Keeper was the primary host of the Vault of Horror. He was, um, introduced in War Against Crime, number 10. Um, he was pretty fucking scary early on, hooded and robed, presiding over the empty dungeon of his bloody past, but he soon evolved into a more comedic horror host, delivering an irreverent and pun-filled commentary to lighten the horrific tones of the stories that he introduced. So, uh, Tales from the Crypt, sometimes called HBO's Tales from the Crypt, which, uh, by the way, HBO, this is not on there, and I'm very (laughs) mad about it. What the fuck, guys? Because it's so fucking good. Is an American horror anthology television series that ran from June 10th, 1989 to July 19th, 1996 on the premium cable channel HBO for seven seasons with a total of 93 episodes. Wait, say that again. Uh, so it was on. It was on HBO. Damn, I know. It was on HBO, and you could tell it was on HBO. I was like, you're like, it was on HBO, HBO for seven seasons, and I'd be like, I literally was like, did I hear that right? Yes. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. I heard it right. Yeah. <laughs> In the fucking nineties, Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's just a whole, whole different, whole different yeah, HBO. It wasn't like a an empire the way it is yeah. now. Which I'm like, if you're an empire, then you should have fucking Tales of the Crypt on HBO Max. What am I even goddamn paying for? Well, it was on HBO Max. It should just have rights to it. Yeah. You, you, this is your thing. This is your thing. What are we paying for other than all of the DC and anime and, and old Cartoon Network? And <laughs> no, Tales from the Crypt. Give me Tales of the Crypt. Yeah. Uh, but also, thank you for giving me all the other stuff you gave me. I guess that's all fun, too. I've been enjoying Dexter's Lab. Thank you. Dexter's Lab. <laughs> and Courage. 
Oh, yes, that's always fun. A lot of the content came from the original comic books. The Haunt of Fear, The Vault of Horror, Crime Suspense Stories, Shock Suspense Stories, which that's all one word, Suspense Stories. I know. And Two-Fisted Tales, which I don't know what that's supposed to I don't like that. I mean. I don't like it. But it is weird. I don't like it. Yep. They also had a bunch of stories that were based off of, like, horror short stories by, like, regular authors and shit like that. So they had stuff by, like, Lovecraft and Poe. Lovecraft's the thing on the doorstep. The episode is called, Judy, You're Not Yourself Tonight. God, I love it. Ooh, I love it. (laughs) Um, They had some unauthorized adaptations of Ray Bradbury's stories, and Bradbury contacted them about uh, EC about the plagiarism, and then they reached an agreement and did more, but they worked with him. So I was like, oh, my two favorite things working together. That's pretty cool. That's nice. So the Crypt Keeper himself is the on-camera puppet host of Tales from the Crypt, in the series, the Crypt Keeper would appear at the opening segment and filled the role of storyteller. Later, he would come in for the closing statement to offer sardonic commentary or to provide a cynical moral. Kevin Yeager was the guy who made the puppet, and he's kind of like the Jim Henson of horror. Also, want to hear something genuinely horrible about this puppet? Yes, but I don't like puppets, so... It's... No worries. This is... There's no way that this is going to be a good thing for me. Oh, God. Then no, I don't want to hear it. Well, it's going on here. (laughs) So they used a part of a different horror puppet in him. His eyes are Chucky's fucking Oh, God! I know! I know. Me listening to a podcast... uh, Thank you, Podcast But Evil, for telling me that... (laughs) <laughs> I like, hate Chucky. Oh God, so much. Uh, Gives me the hugest uh, EBGs. Yeah. And then I watched an episode earlier and was like, yep, yes, there are. Those uh, are his eyes. That is exactly God. the ones. Yeah. yeah. So he's uh, shown to be a short, decaying man with long hair who uh, usually wears a cloak, but in the episodes progressively wears more and more stupid fucking shit to go with whatever is going on. Uh, In the episode I watched earlier, which was a Christmas one, he was wearing a Santa mask stretched over his face. It was really genuinely horrible. (laughs) I love when shows do... They have several... Seasonal episodes. Okay. Like, I love a good Halloween episode or a good Christmas episode. Very good show for you at the end of this. But continue. Well, I was saying, I I rewatched the first two seasons of The Flash because they're the only ones that matter. Yep. And they have Christmas episodes, each one. And I just love that so Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I didn't say, but uh, the voice of the Crypt Keeper is a man named John Kassir. He is incredible. And, like, you've got to think that, like... Imagine all of the auditions that came before who saw this, like, spooky zombie dude and we were like, welcome to my thing. And he came in and he was like, welcome. <laughs> there we go. Ooh. I'm surprised I haven't heard that coming from Arthur's room throughout the week. I've been practicing it while you weren't here. <laughs> Brittany's working for 12 hours. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my dog's like... <laughs> He has come to check on me. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, so so you, you're clearly not busy. You want to take me for a walk? 
was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, so in 1995, there was a film spinoff from the TV series uh, that was called Demon Knight. And then it was a commercial success. So they greenlit two more tales, but uh, they only released one of them because it bombed. That one was called Bordello of Blood. <laughs> yep. So they were going to make another one called Dead Easy, a.k.a. Fat Tuesday, a New Orleans zombie film. Uh, but they were like, it sounds like it's terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tried to remake it a bunch of times, and it never fucking worked, yep. which is just fine. Shocking no one. There was also, in 1993, Tales from the Crypt Keeper, which was a fucking cartoon. I feel like I know this. I don't know what how I never it? watched it. Uh, 1993. So, I'm too young for that, but I feel like I watched it later. Like, yeah. not, I wasn't old. Mm-hmm. I feel like I remember that. And I feel like it was the same, like, Skeleton Bro as a cartoon. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all no, the same. No, I definitely did. I definitely like, did. And I definitely probably shouldn't have been watching it because I was mm-hmm. probably, like, six or seven. Yeah. And it was I just reruns. I have literally but, no idea where I watched the original HBO shit because, A, my family was very poor growing up. And we definitely yeah, no, never we, had HBO. Yeah, we had HBO. I watched, I, I remember distinctly watching some of these episodes. And it was, you know, not a cartoon. It was people. Yeah. Um, I didn't mention this for Tales from the Crypt, but the best thing about Tales from the Crypt is there's it's basically a lot of, like, comeuppance. Like, so it's one person does something bad and then another bad thing happens to them. But also... I love karma. Literally every person, (laughs) literally every fucking person in it who's not, like, a random, like, child that just goes to bed at some point is just the absolute worst shithead. (laughs) Of course. Of fucking course. It's just, like, this alternate universe where everybody made absolutely the wrong, wrong choice every single time, or the most selfish choice. Of course. And then you get to watch these people get punished. And I believe in anything. I like, believe in fucking karma. <laughs> Crypt Keeper's like, oh no. <laughs> Makes some, like, fucking joke about somebody being all tied up or something like that. I'm like, oh god. That went a little <laughs> bit into, like, Grover or something. Sorry. I'm trying to, I'm trying to maintain. I'm not a voice person. <laughs> so that was a thing. There was a cartoon. There was also Secrets of the Crypt Keeper's Haunted House, which is the one that I was like, is this real? It's basically like a, almost like a Legends of the Hidden Temple thing, but you're in the Crypt Keeper's house and he's also there and announcing an and making inappropriate wisecracks. Of course. Uh-huh. Not as inappropriate as the HBO series because, of course, not because like it's that. not on HBO right now. Exactly. <laughs> in HBO, you can make those wisecracks. Yeah. And they, I guess, competed in physical challenges in a bunch of elaborate haunted houses at sets at Universal Studios Florida. Um, Was he... In that, more puppety looking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I have a very vivid puppet. image of that in yep. my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's just a puppet in that. And then okay. they also had a, a character called Digger the Skeleton, which I don't have any recollection yeah. of. But that's I also I can picture the cartoon in my head, too. I think I might have missed that cartoon. I, I yeah no I was, the 900 other cartoons yeah no I, I saw that somehow mm-hmm. this is I I sometimes don't know how I saw things but this is having two much older sisters makes your parents not as aware of what's going on because 
Yep. They just leave you and... They assume that they're yeah. going to do the My thing. sisters are eight and ten years older than me. I literally watched Scream when I was like, what, eight? When did that come out? Like... And Scream is still scary. And Scream is scary. I won't watch it now. It freaks... I don't know how... I, I would I like just watch it. it now. I would just like fucking <laughs> watch also, it. like... It would just be on the TV. There's no way I would let an eight-year-old no, watch that. Holy no, no. Like... Shit. It's a very brutal yeah. slasher no, movie. It's... I don't know. There's a lot of like stuff I don't, about sex in it. Yeah, like, it, it's Mm-mm. every no single idea. part of it is not for eight year olds. Yep, poltergeist. Mm-hmm. My sisters would. I'm sure I've told this story before. Specifically, I didn't want to see the cl- the only part of poltergeist that really freaked me out. The only part they didn't want to see the clown. You know, cover my eyes. And I, like, have a vivid memory of my parents being in the room when my fucking sisters did this. <laughs> and being like, tell me. And I knew the movie. And I was just like, tell me when the clown's not on the screen. And, of course, they would tell me when the clown was on the screen because they're asshole older sisters. Like, that is your job as an yeah, older Yeah. And they're, they're eight and ten years older than me. So, so they're, they have they to be, like, extra yeah. assholes. Yeah. Because so, I can tell you I would have definitely done that to Sam. Yeah. I also went to, uh, so Sam would be too afraid to go up to like spooky houses for Halloween so I would go and get candy for him there you and go. sometimes I would give it to him the one thing I'm not scared of now that I was was like haunted houses you are much more of a jump scare person oh my god and I think I think I have literally refused it I think that's something I should talk to my therapist about when that's- I get there <laughs> I literally just look angry. I jump and then look like I want to punch you in the face. I mean, it looks like you've replaced fear with anger, which, like, anger is a very easy emotion to replace everything with. I know because I'm angry a lot (laughs) instead of being sad. So as far as uh, people who were actually in this HBO series, because literally everybody and their goddamn fucking mother was in it. And, like, because they let a lot of people direct, they were, like, dipping their toes into doing something. And also, a lot of these people were normally, like, oh, the good character. And it's like, now you get to be a nightmare person. And it's like, <laughs> well, that sounds like a fucking that sounds like great. But, yeah, so you have Arnold Schwarzenegger, Benicio Del Toro, uh, Brad fucking Pitt, uh, Cheech Marin from Cheech and Chong, Demi Moore, Ewan McGregor. Demi Moore. I know. Iggy Pop. I'm like, what? Jada Pinkett, before she was Jada Pinkett Smith. Malcolm McDowell, Martin Sheen, fucking Meatloaf, Michael J. Fox. (laughs) It's just like a lot of Steve Buscemi. Tim Curry literally plays, I think, three people in one of the episodes. Tom Hanks is in one and Whoopi Goldberg. It's like ridiculous. Oh, Whoopi Goldberg. Mm -hmm. Uh, So another dumb thing that I figured I would put in for you. So they had a couple albums that the uh, like Crypt Keeper had. Musical album. Like musical album. Did he albums. make a Christmas one? Yes! Uh, why do I feel like I knew that? It's called Have Yourself a Scary Little Christmas. You have to find this. It's, I tried to find it. I'm sure there's like links to it yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, well, I'll probably find it like, on finding, like Apple. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not on yep. Apple. It's not on anything that's like big. You're going to have to find well, it the yeah, weird way. We'll find it the weird way. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's on YouTube. It was on the podcast that I listened to a little bit. I feel like I know of this. So here are some of the titles. Heard of it? And maybe they'll jog your memory. Okay. Deck the halls with parts of Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> Should old cadavers be forgot? Oh. Mm-hmm. Twelve days of cryptmas. Twas the fright before Christmas. And then probably my favorite, we wish you'd bury the missus. <laughs> Let's see, did I? I think I quoted that somewhere in here. Jeez. It was, you killed her last year. She's been here for a year. Yeah, not great. Oh boy. Also very probably fucking true. I mean, uh, we really <laughs> wish you'd bury her. She smells super bad now. <laughs> and then uh, just to finish us off, because he is the pun king. Oh God. Here are some terrible ones. <laughs> mm-hmm. My favorite puns. <laughs> It looks like Neptune has just moved from Virgul to late Capricorn, which means you should avoid any romantic stranglements for a while. Martha and I are both definitely not horoscope. No, people. no, which is why I put this zero in because I percent. thought it was literally fucking we are zero percent squir- uh, fucking horoscope um, people. One of the ones that he was he writes a poem in one of them. When I think of you, my heart goes flopsy as I. <laughs> Contemplate your sweet autopsy. <laughs> no, it's gonna be a real laugh that I won't be able to avoid in the future. But that's and then okay. Brittany moves back to Massachusetts. <laughs> I hope you're nude for a little fiendly competition. I'm like, ugh, you're not even trying. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, infestors. I was just looking, he was just putting these gross profits away for safekeeping. It's just a bunch of organs that he's holding. And then let's see. Now are the puns making you laugh or are you trying to do the voice making you laugh? Literally both. (laughs) I don't think one without the other would work. And then uh, just for our ending. Until next time, boils and ghouls, pleasant screams. So yes, that's the Crypt Keeper. Fucking love him. That's what you Bless wanted you, to end our fucking podcast. Yes! <laughs> okay, I'm glad I'm going second. The kid and I have flown from one side of the galaxy to the other. We've been listening to a lot of strange podcasts. But the monster sci-fi show stands above the rest. Isn't that right, Quarku? I still hate that name. The Monster Sci-Fi Show is part of the ESO Network. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. What are you doing? So today, for my first spoopy topic, I am talking about Beyond Belief. 
fact <gasps> or fiction. Oh my god. Okay, I'm going to listen to this episode in the future maybe again just because it is literally my childhood. Okay, so what? I'm going to go into a brief... I forgot that that exists. Okay, yeah. So I, I talk about it later, but I guess I'll talk about it now. Me and Maureen uh-huh. have a special thing with fact or fiction. Oh, I love that. So <laughs> not back in the day when it was first airing, but back in no the- No idea when it originally aired. 1997 to 2002. Okay. But back in the day when they were showing reruns on a random channel when cable was like sort of new and you could have like satellite or cable or mm-hmm. all those were the shit- Whatever she had at her house, they had a channel that would constantly run reruns. They have so many. Ooh, it's a long show, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we'll go over yeah. it. And we would put it on, and we would guess. So, oh, and guess. But we would. That would be what we would watch yeah. while we sewed. Like that. Be what. Like she would record episodes if there wasn't on, and we'd put it on. And then when I went to visit her in Memphis. We found it, all of it, mostly all of it, on YouTube. Oh and God. when we were just hanging out at our apartment, we were watching Factor Fiction. That's so cute. I love that. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I watched the show, too, with, like, my dad or something when it, like, did originally first come mm-hmm. out. But, like, so, yeah, it's, like, a special little thing for me and Maureen. <laughs> that's, that's adorable. For those of you who don't know what Beyond Belief Factor Fiction is, you're missing out. Oh, for our sources... Wikipedia fandom. I read a blog post by Vermeule Blow Kid. And then, of course, I did watch like the first two seasons of Factor Fiction while I was in Memphis with Maureen. There you go. Literally the last day we went out for brunch and then we just sat on our couch and watched Factor Fiction because we were tired. Kind of the perfect vacation. It was real great. It was real great. Mm -hmm. Beyond Belief, Factor Fiction is an American sci fi and paranormal TV show which ran between 1997 and 2002 and had a total of four seasons. The first season, which was in 1997, was presented by James Brolin, who is the husband of Barbara Streisand, for those of you who don't know him. And then the rest of the the other three seasons, which were 1998, 2000, and 2002, were presented by Jonathan Freaks, 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 who is Commander William T. Riker in Star Trek Mm -hmm. The Next Generation, which is what I know him from, because my daddy was a Trekkie. I know him from that, but I also but didn't I also know really watch this. it. And yeah. this, yeah. <laughs> no, my dad was a big truckie. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right, I feel like I I know a lot of things just by being adjacent to ner- nerds. That yeah. Love them. Um. All right. So every episode would feature five stories, and each would somehow appear to defy logic. Some of these stories were quote unquote true, Fact. and some would be fiction. It would be up to the viewers to decide if the stories were either fact or fiction. And then at the end of the show, the whoever was hosting at that time would reveal if the stories were works of fiction or if they were actually true. So there's um, some air quotes there. Folks. Yes. You can't see them. I'm about to get into that. Most of the stories were turned out to be true were based <coughs> upon a firsthand research conducted by the author Robert Trollins. Though... Like I said, not sure how credible or legit they are because 
the sources are well i saw a ghost this one time yeah my guess is a lot of them is like he found a weird story took one piece of it and then stretched it to be even weirder and then was like it was based on a true story because their names were the same (laughs) yeah they were ghosts and also these two people exactly have been changed for blah 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 (laughs) and then um a majority of the stories that were fiction are actually like um, urban legends that are just retold in modern early 2000s settings. Yup. So Beyond Belief Fact or Fiction gained a bit of a cult following. The show was um, often aired very sporadically though, sometimes going for weeks or even months between airings. And then there was a two year long leg between um, Don LaFontaine and Campbell Lane stints as host for the show and um, some up during that time, people thought it might have been canceled. Then it was randomly brought back in like 2002 after many years. And then it was actually canceled in 2002. Uh, yeah. So it was all over the place. We were on hiatus for a really Yeah. Um, but it's, it showed up in, in Germany. It was really big. So in Germany, <laughs> it was called X Factor Das Unfassbare. Don't quote that That's because it. I don't know how to speak German no, at all, awesome. but it means the unfathomable in English. Mm-hmm. This show, the unfathomable or unfassbare, unfassbare. I actually love that. Was super successful and still actually has a cult following. Cool. This led to the X Factor brand being extended to other shows such as The Paranormal Borderline became um, <laughs> X-Factor Dimension, the fifth dimension, and then X-Factor Warelugen, True Lies, mm-hmm. and Scariest Places on Earth became X-Factor Where Dimension Their Angst, The Real Dimension of Fear. D, but the rest of it is... Whatever. Mm-hmm. It's spelled die in English. <laughs> <laughs> but angst is spelled, the, well, angst is fear, but angst is spelled angst as well. I mean, angst is German. Angst. Angst. I figured that's how they'd say it in German. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> so once again, I know zero German, yeah. so sorry if anyone who knows German is listening to this yeah, and I'm slaughtering your language. Most languages that aren't English... If you're like, oh, I've learned how these syllables are, or how these vowels are supposed to sound, they actually sound sound, one way and not 40 ways. (laughs) So, starting on November 4th in 2018, to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the series premiere in Germany, RTL2 produced special episodes under the name X Factor, Das Unfassbare Kurzuk. Zook the two dots are over the U, and I don't know what noise that makes. The Unfathomable Return, hosted by Detlef Bosley, some German bro. Yeah. So while directly copying much of their original style and studio setup, the revival was heavily panned by audiences due to the much poorer quality and compared... How is there poorer quality than compared to the original? Interesting. That is Maybe they filmed it with like a weird soap opera camera. Maybe. Sometimes they do. Where you're like, why? Why for? 
So apparently continued in 2019 and 2020 as a total of six episodes Oof. and the latest episode receiving slightly more favorable reviews. Jeez. So if you are interested in watching it, I believe you can find most of it, at least the American version. I don't know about the German version. <laughs> on uh, YouTube, me and Maureen got through the first season and part of the second season and I assume they have the other two all on YouTube and it's just like one like it will just play in a row we just let it's it go it's a playlist yeah it yeah, was great the, it was um, like season one and then as soon as you were done with season one it was like we're going Tales to season two it was a playlist yeah. on it was, YouTube it was too. great I was like it god was bless you for doing great. what HBO won't because they're mm-hmm. fucking cowards yeah it was wonderful that's right I'm calling you out HBO <laughs> come fucking fight me um, take away our HBO Max <laughs> so yeah so you can go watch it like i said special place in my heart because of me and maureen sewing to it and getting super into it that's fair um, so dumb all right martha we're gonna play a game oh yeah oh my god <laughs> you're excited so let's uh, play a game <laughs> i'm gonna do i'm getting you <laughs> i'm gonna talk about a few of the episodes that i like the best mm-hmm. and then at the end you are going to guess if they are fact or fiction, oh. and I am going to tell you if they were or not. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. Trying to remember if I ever guessed right or wrong, or if I just was like, I definitely guessed this thing, whatever they said at the end, and then didn't actually ever guess, you know, or was like, I'll guess at some point, and then they were like, here's the answer, and I was like, that's what I thought. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Like, I'm just here to claim credit for somebody else. <laughs> All right. So the first episode or the first story I'm going to talk about is called The Wallet. It was in season two, episode two. So remember, okay. there's five mini stories in each of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, orphan from birth, Jason has spent his youth living with foster parents. A hardworking and good-natured teenager, Jason had big dreams. However, his foster parents cannot afford college tuition, so he joins the football team and works hard for both, um... It's false, because there are no hardworking teenagers. (laughs) I was gonna say, because (laughs) if you're in the foster care system... Sorry. Everything is terrible for you, and that's really shitty. Um, so anyways, he's... Working towards both getting uh, being good at his football. his grades and at football in order to get a scholarship to get into college. So, uh, walking home one day, he goes a shortcut through the local park and meets up with a friend and ends up practicing some football with them. So, as they're throwing around the ball and they decide to go someplace to eat, they end up discovering a wallet on the ground and they pick it up and they take a look through it. There's no cash in it, but it contains cards of all kinds, ranging from credit cards, debit cards, all the apparently debit cards were a thing at this point. Somebody brought their social. Yep. You know, all that good stuff and all different sorts of things. So Jason checks the driver's license and he identifies the owner as a Henry Neiman. Jason is Jason Voorhees in my head. Just so <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's wearing a hockey mask and carrying a fucking machete. He's a teenager, but he is still like carrying a machete and wearing a hockey mask. This is before or after the mommy issues. I mean, when did that <laughs> fucking start? I can't imagine when it started in just the teen years. Ooh. Mommy Dearest is the first villain. <laughs> it's true. Mm-hmm. So he finds an address because he sees an, uh, a license 
It's to a place called Hancock Park, which is a very rich hoity-toity neighborhood, but it is in walking distance from his house. So since he is actually a good kid and there's, I guess, nothing in the wall that say, he can use anyway. There's nothing he can use. It's Don't. actually that easy to get it there. Yeah. And you could potentially expect a reward so, from rich people. Yes, it's Which is, true. I assume, where this episode yep. is going. So he goes to return the wallet, and though he's passed through this neighborhood dozens of times, some reason he's feeling awkward and uncomfortable, but he just sucks it up. He ends up finding the, the residence, and it's like this mini mansion, but it's still huge. And when he knocks on the door, it's he's uh, the door opens and this it's this tall and stern and mean kind of looking butler Lurch, <laughs> yes, who invites him inside. But mean looking because Lurch is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> so the butler excuses himself to go get someone. He says he's going to go get a Mister Arnold. So Jason's confused because he had asked for Henry Neiman. And he just, but the butler just walks away. So he's like, okay, okay I'll stand okay. here. So he's waiting there and he kind of looks around at the foyer and in some of the other rooms and it's all super expensive and rich. And then this other tall, creepy dude comes out and introduces, introduces himself as Mr. Preston Arnold. So, you know, he's a rich asshole. <laughs> it's true. Nobody is who's poor is naming their kid Preston. Um, I mean, if you are, you have aspirations. <laughs> and he introduces himself as the Neiman's lawyer. So he invites Jason into a study and they discuss the matter of the wallet. He informs Jason that the cards within the wallet have long since expired and is sort of like where the where Jason, the fuck you didn't look at did this? you get this? Check so, your dates, bro. Yeah, there. Yeah, um, maybe he was like, I literally can't use this because also it's all expired. And they just didn't mention Maybe. That. No. But, uh, so they're like, these are, these can't be used. And Jason's like, then he keeps asking him questions. And Jason's like, okay, you're freaking me out, dude. So he's sort trying of to do to a, be- like, a good thing. And now you're being Yeah. Creepy. So he's like backing up, trying to be like, I feel cornered. And like this really tall, scary dude's going to murder me. Lurch. And he Lurch. ends up backing into like a table, desk, side table, whatever. That you were going to say a ditch, which I don't know why. <laughs> In the middle of this mansion, (laughs) there's a ditch. Rich ditch. (laughs) When he hits this table, he ends up turning, he turns around and looks, and there is a photograph of a man who looks just like him, almost exactly like him. And so he gets freaked out even more and runs out of the house. But as he's, like, running from the house, uh, the lawyer tries to be like, Henry Neiman died two years ago, so we don't really know where this wallet came from. Arnold and the butler kind of talk, trying to figure out what the hell is happening, because they realize he looks exactly like this guy who died two years ago. They saw his varsity jacket, so they were able to trace him back to the school he went to. They did some looking up on him, and they found out that he transferred there two years ago. Jason was the son of Henry Neiman, the only heir, and he is officially inherited all of that fortune. Oh, damn. Okay. All right. 
I thought that was going to go one way and no. it didn't. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they were like, actually, you're related. Mm-hmm. Rich people. All right. So that was that episode. Why can't that, that happen story. to me? Where I'm like, oh, I found a random wallet. I did the right thing, weirdly. That's not <laughs> me. I mean, I did the right thing because I literally couldn't use anything. And I nothing could, else was useful. And I could walk there. <laughs> I the right thing was literally the <laughs> easiest thing to do in this case. And I was really Instant hoping. good karma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. The next episode is called The Hooded Chair. Ooh. Season 2, episode 8. George Talbot third inherits the family business, Talbot Steel, and he ends up getting a huge fortune following the death of his father, George, 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 George Talbot Jr. George George. Who is, I guess, respected and actually not an asshole. He's actually gorgeous George, that one <laughs> X-Men villain. Yes. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Though he's hardworking, George Talbot III is arrogant and spoiled and rotten um, and an asshole. Shocking white guy. What? That never happens. He spends most of his time just traveling around the world and just collecting pr- uh, priceless relics. What do you do with the priceless relics? I don't fucking know. Well, we're about to find out what he does with them. So George uh, ends up finding this ancient hooded chair. He does it even though his lawyer is like, hey, this is a weird item. You probably don't want to get it. There's this curse on oh, it, is apparently. Is he one of those people who, like, goes on eBay and buys haunted dolls? Probably. So, George is like, fuck you. I don't believe in this curse. And That's so me, too. And like, I want like, this give chair. Me it for cheap, then. Yeah. I want this chair. Give me all the previous owners. Let me know all about it. I want to know. And then I want it. I don't want to know. That's the difference. I'm like, don't tell me. If it's really cursed, I don't believe in curses, so it doesn't fucking matter to me. So I don't care what happened to these dumbasses. I assume they did it to themselves yet. So he buys the chair and sets his lawyer out to find stuff out about it, but he brings it back to his, I'm assuming, mansion that's mm-hmm. empty with just artifacts, because that's the kind of duty is. Ugh. And he does have a maid. Her name is Jenny. And she's like, oh, look at this chair. I'm sweeping it because it's super old and it's dusty. But I kind of dig it. So I'm going to sit in it to see how it feels. First so of she, all, you can just go to Building 19 and sit in all their <laughs> Just go to Ikea. <laughs> building 19 is funner because it's stupider. But you have to be in the East Coast. And I also don't know if they still exist. Building 19 and three quarters. Yes. Building 19 and six eighths. <laughs> Which is the same thing as three quarters. Three quarters was the one by my house. Mm-hmm. I used I to love going there with my mom. Yeah. Building 19 definitely doesn't exist anymore. No. Then I think my mom would always, they'd have like the little like snack area. So I think my mom would always get me a snack. Aw. Cute. I know. So. I made Sam sh- try on some high-heeled shoes there. And he like really looked to make sure, because I was like, you should try this because every man should try on a pair of high-heeled shoes. Understand and or understand. pain. Yes. And they have your size, so you have to. And they were, like, royal blue. And he was, like, young, so he was very anxious about it. So, uh, looks, make sure nobody's there. Of course, nobody is there. Puts them on. As soon as he puts them on, somebody's fucking there. (laughs) And it's, like, the least subtle heels, too. Because, of course. (laughs) So that's the end of that story. Uh, That's funny. (laughs) All right. So the maid Jenny sits down in it. Because she just doesn't go to Building 19. 
Because they're probably Girl. not in the they're probably not in the Northeast. Oh, you're right. Well, that's your fault too. And then George happens to catch her and is like, "Bitch, this chair is not for the help." Essentially, yeah, it is exclusively for him and his guests. You guys can't see my face, but it did it a whole fucking journey. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Anyone who calls someone the help. I don't know if he called him that. Yeah, but, but that's essentially what he said. It was implied. Yeah. Needs to get booted into the moon. Yep. So that happens. And then the following week, Jenny is killed in a hit and run accident involving a drunk driver. George doesn't believe that the chair had anything to do with it. Remember, he's already been warned that it's cursed. Yeah. But he's like, hmm, weird. And then a week after that incident, a close friend named Eric Cates visits George and insisted on sitting on the chair, despite George being like, hey, it's a little weird. Don't sit on that chair. And two days later, Eric was killed when um, his airplane he was piloting, I guess he was a piloting, uh, piloting, I guess he was a pilot. (laughs) I guess he was piloting it, Mm -hmm. because that's what I just said, um, crashed due to engine failure on his way back to New York. So, yeah, he definitely wasn't in the East Coast when he bought this chair. So there was no Building 19. Oh, well, fuck. I guess that's that's where everyone went wrong. This is the real problem. Also, the second thing where everyone went wrong, this rich guy bought a chair for people to sit on. Do you not understand what, like, buying an artifact is for? It's for looking at. You don't usually sit on, like, a really fancy old chair. I don't think it was fancy. Lie. You're already clearly also, a liar. But Just put some like fucking tape around the front and be like, it's fancy. 100% wasn't comfortable, if I can remember it correctly in my brain. The only chair. It's uncom- hooded? The only, the only uncomfortable chair I want to sit in is the fucking Iron Throne in Game of Thrones. And for a couple of pictures. And, <laughs> and that's for it. pictures. And then I never want to sit in I don't want to rule. Because I would be a bad ruler. Yeah, Because I don't want to rule. It's weird how, like, sometimes a person who doesn't want to rule isn't actually a good ruler. And that's not, like, the one thing that makes you into a good ruler. <laughs> Martha and I never want to take over the world. Yes. <laughs> so much effort. <laughs> All also, right, like, so- don't make Bran your king just because he doesn't want to be king. Because you know who else didn't want to be king? Robert. And he was terrible. Yeah, he was really bad. You know who else doesn't want to be king? Me. And I would be a bad fucking That's king. also true. You know who needs to be king? Beyonce. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. I would so, vote for her even though it would not be a vote. Back, back to my story. <laughs> um, so he died. Plane crash. Engine failure. <laughs> George's company ends up being left on a verge of bankruptcy due to numerous lawsuits. So Miss uh, Ms. Wiseman ends up visiting George, if she's the lawyer. She's like, hey, I found all of the previous owners that you asked about, even though I don't know why she's working for him anymore because he doesn't have any money. Mm-hmm. And one of the owners is shown as Napoleon sitting on the hooded chair. So he sat on the chair one day prior to his infamous defeat during the Battle of Waterloo in Belgium of, of June 17th, 1815. Uh, and at that point, that's when George accepts that the curse is real. Because apparently, I mean, if this, this was what Napoleon cursed. I mean, this chair that he died. sat on the day before yeah. he lost. 
It's fine. So that this night, happened. George, armed with an axe, enters the living room, intent on destroying the chair. But before he can deliver a blow to the chair, it delivers a blow first. A fatal heart, Which heart it attack. Does. And he dies. And so I didn't rewatch this episode recently, but I have a I vivid memory of being, of being like, the chair! Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think I remember this too. Yeah. Like very, very distinctly. Yeah. Like an older dude, mm-hmm. obviously a white mm-hmm. dude. And he's basically in a dark room with this wooden, uncomfortable yep. chair. Yep. yep. Which I'm like, why does any, you're rich. Yeah. Buy good chairs. Yeah. Buy, like, a cushy thing. If you sit on a pillow on this chair, does that count? (laughs) What are the curse rules? All right. Next one. Third story. Mm -hmm. Kid in the Closet, season one, episode two. Well, that's obviously true because we have Nancy and that's true. We have a man in the ceiling, kid in the closet, doesn't have kid in the closet. Kid. (laughs) It's not as nice as Nancy. (laughs) <laughs> okay, continue. Nancy. Nancy. He's her only friend in Vegas. <laughs> I am deceased. <laughs> Nancy, are you going to say, even though I'm going to eventually adopt the Crypt Keeper's lab as my own? <laughs> Nancy! God damn it. All right. This young kid named Danny Johnson. What a dumb name. And what a fucking stereotypical name. Is convinced that there's a monster in his bedroom closet. Danny's mother and older sister, Debbie, for some reason this description gives her a name, thinks that he (laughs) just has an overactive imagination while his older brother, Brian, bullies him. Brian tells all the other children in uh, the school about Danny's fear of this creature in the closet and they end up they end up teasing him and tormenting him and being assholes because they're all in like middle school and that is the worst age ever they're so kids in elementary school are so mean yeah well and like especially like early middle school is like the absolute worst seventh grade is the worst you're able to be incredibly like ruthless with what you're saying and like you can see people's insecurities because you're so fucking insecure. Yeah. But also, you don't have any, like, real empathy at this point. It's not no. really there. No. So you don't give a fuck if you're ruining somebody's Literally, life by seventh grade them. is the meanest year for children 100%. Ever. Ugh. I wouldn't do redo seventh grade no. for a trillion bucks unless I get to go back at this height and go punch all the seventh grade people that <sighs> I didn't know. like. I was, also, right. I was like, oh, hi, I have depression now. That yeah. was seventh grade for yep. me. So one day, Brian and his friends are all chasing Danny home. So your older brother is leading this mob of kids to your house like, to beat you the fuck up because you think something scary is in your closet. Sir, you're talking about to be the one the who's worst, beating up yeah. the other kids. You talk about the me. worst older brother ever. Yeah. And the older sister, she's the oldest. So she's Debbie. a little bit above that like she's probably in high school Deborah. anyways they chase uh danny home and drag him up into his bedroom intending to throw him in his closet 
Danny dares Brian to go into his closet. So Brian's like, fine, Brian has I'll to do that. He's in front yeah. of all his friends. And so, he and that, be yeah. A pussy. And so they close the door. The sister comes in. Debbie comes in. Right before Brian goes in, she's like, leave him the fuck alone. Like, what are you yeah. doing? You shouldn't be doing this. But they're all being assholes. There's like eight boys in his room being a dick. So Oof, they absolute nightmare, right? So they sh- they put Brian in the in the closet and they close the door and all of a sudden he starts banging on the door and screaming for help and to be letting out and everyone except for Danny thinks that it's just Brian being an asshole. Yeah. So at this time. The mom enters the room because the daughter goes to get where the mom was when all these boys were chasing him to the house. I don't know. Remember, this is like 90s, so we're still kind of fucking like just, what are they called? Key latch, latch keeper. Latch key latch kids. Key. Yeah, it was a key latch. I was close. I said latch, latch keeper because we got I'm it. in keeper mode. <laughs> <laughs> the kids, the latchkey kids. <laughs> so, like, I'm sure the mom was like, "Your older siblings are here, or whatever." They're watching um, you. You're so, good. but the the sister goes and gets the mom. She comes into the room, and they're like, "He's in there. He's in there." And so, when she opens the door, it's revealed that Brian is completely gone, except his clothes and his shoes. That's weird. They're all just crumpled in a pile on the floor. So they call the police. They go for a search. There's nothing anywhere, and then Brian's never heard from also, or seen again. if I was this again. kid, I would never sleep in that room again. That would be the end of that. I would be like, I guess I'm sleeping down and on the couch until uh, I'm dead. Yep. All right. So that's that Can story. Can we move? Okay. <laughs> so that's three? Yes. So cool. we're on number four. Mm-hmm. This one is called The Pass. It's season two, episode one. Kevin O'Donnell is a hospitalized teenager who is sharing a room with another teenager named Eddie. And he is the son of one of the doctors, Dr. Anderson. Eddie has a heart murmur. And though he and Kevin, who is his now roommate, don't know what's wrong with him. He's just in the hospital a lot. They don't know why they just don't tell this teenage boy that he's a fucking heart murmur. Anyways. Oh, no. So the, the kid. So. that he has a So heart Kevin, heart? it like broke his leg or something and is yeah. in the hospital. And Eddie, who is the son of uh, the doctor, is in there a lot because he has a heart murmur. But, but for some reason, they don't tell him that he has a like, heart murmur. I'm just in here a lot. I'm just sick. They don't know why, even though they do know why. I don't know. What a fucking cruel thing to do. So Eddie's father, who is the one with the heart murmur, his his dad's the doctor, is visiting one night and then he goes to leave. And when he leaves, something happens and Kevin, the kid who's in there for, I said a broken leg. I have no idea why he's in there, but we're just going to say a broken leg. I rewatched this episode with Maureen too, but he's in there for some petty reason. And uh, he swipes the key card from his dad. Dr. Anderson leaves and Kevin convinces Eddie to accompany him to the hospital morgue. But And they use Dr. Anderson's pass to get in there. Even though Eddie's like me, they, he, you know, teenagers, peer pressure. And they end up, <laughs> they hear someone coming into the morgue, so they hide. The orderly drops off a new bo- bo- body, a new, a new body, and uh, the which obviously the body bag still zipped up, the, and he leaves 
just leaving this body here. I don't know. You I got this, think, right, bud? I don't think this is protocol, but sure. He boots him on the butt on the way out. <laughs> and he's like, I got you. So friend of Kevin and Eddie come out of hiding, and then Kevin is like, hey. I dare you to unzip this body bag and look at this dead body. So once again, peer pressure, Eddie, peer pressure, the, the heart murmur, in case you guys don't remember, because I'm confused. That's very fair. Um, unzips it and discovers the body bag contains a corpse that looks exactly like him. Eddie starts screaming and then Kevin faints. Kevin wakes up hours later back in his hospital bed. <laughs> hospital bed. <laughs> and he overhears a pair of nurses mention that Eddie's twin brother, Chad, died in a car accident and then that Eddie himself died of shock after a heart attack after seeing the body in the morgue. Who doesn't tell their... I mean, I guess the same person who doesn't tell their kid that they have a heart murmur. But, like, you didn't tell your kid that their twin brother died? Okay. Uh, I'm guessing they didn't get to get back to the hospital to tell him yet. Yeah. I don't know the, the exact circumstances. Like, maybe the parents are in the hospital, too, because they were in a yeah. car accident. Also, what kind of a dummy is like, let's go visit the morgue at the hospital. Yeah, the fucking when my boys. When my dad works here. All right, so story five. Story five. <laughs> You're going to have to, like, give me tiny recaps. Yeah, I don't Because worry. I don't remember them in yeah, order. Yeah, no worries. Cup of Joe, season one. If it's a person named Joe. Episode four. Are we ready? Yep. All right. So three college girls named Josie, Lana, and Vanessa are on their way to spring break party when they get lost on a back road. After Josie nearly falls asleep at the wheel, the girls decide to look for a place to stop and rest. But it seems like it's one of those things where they probably passed a sign that just said, the last exit is in 43 miles, (laughs) or the next exit is in 43 miles. Yep. So they do see one sign for, like, a diner at the next turnoff. So the girls turn off, but after nearly a half hour of driving, they come across a road cross sign, and a strange man with a lantern tells them there isn't anything down this road that they want to go to. And so they freak out because this guy is creepy and kind of seems like a murderer. And so a creepy quickly... warning dude is like yeah, and it's like, movie. Yes, and it's like pouring out and it's late at night and it's dark and it's just the three like 19 and 20 year old girls. Yeah. That shit. Yeah, so they Ooh, like. Oh, I hate that. It just gives me flashbacks yeah. to that one time I got like stuck in the mud. So glad you aren't murdered. Me too. Because that is a murder story waiting to happen. It is. Yeah. The girls, like I said, freak out, turn around. They're like, fuck this. And they drive back to the main road. After a few minutes, they're stopped by a uh, police officer, and he tells them that the rose, the the rose, the road has been closed due to a landslide, which they just missed, or they would have been buried. The girls bring up the diner billboard, and the officer informs them that there's no billboard along this stretch. Dun dun dun! So normally there's. Five in every single one, but there's one special one <laughs> that I'm going to talk about. That's probably my favorite one that I remember, and you'll know why as soon as I start. <laughs> All right, so, so the family annihilator. This one is called 
The Diner, Season 1, Episode 6. Jake and Lizzie, they're an elderly couple, and they run a diner. <laughs> Their ship name would be Jizzy. <laughs> sorry I said that you and you were drinking. <laughs> I hate you. I'm sorry that that I was immediately, you. I was like, oh no. <laughs> uh, so, they run a, Jake and Lizzie ca- uh, run a diner. They're an elderly couple uh-huh. called, um. Jake and Lizzie's. <laughs> Jalipsy Cafe. <laughs> Okay, so they did do the name They mashup. went for it. <laughs> so they had a son named Bradley, and he was reported by the government to have died in the Vietnam War, which Jake had been keeping secret from Lizzie for all these years, simply letting her believe that Bradley was estranged and never came back after the war. That's fucked up. While Jake and Lizzie appear to be a harmless, cute little couple, in reality, the two are serial killers. They take in homeless people and then poison them. Oh, I know what. And delude themselves into uh, believing that it's acts of kindness and mercy because they had nothing else, these homeless people. I think I remember this one. I don't so, remember if any of these are true or false, but I do kind <laughs> yep. of remember watching. Um, they kill them to to save the homeless people from a harsh reality of their lives and to put them in a oh better place. Oh my god, place. thank you so much for murdering yes. me brutally, I'm sure, so, dickheads. So oh if you've watched any episode, even just one... Fact or fiction, you know exactly where this is All fucking right. going. So I'll let you tell the story. One night, I could tell it. Jake takes an unnamed, mentally ill man back to the cafe, mm-hmm. and the man at some point talked about how he got a severe head injury. So he lives really in a daze, doesn't really know his own name, doesn't really know who he is. So they end up killing the man. And the corpse, and now, no, they always call the cops, but it just looks like it's, like, mentally ill person. We, they don't know what happened, and they're cute little old couples, so the cops are cops and don't do their jobs. Mm. But when they call the first responders in, the police officer notes that the man is wearing a Vietnam War-era dog tag, which they end up looking hit up who it is, and on the dog tag it says, "There's Glipsy, the son who they thought, well, who the father thought was dead, and the mother thought was just estranged, and they ended up murdering him." Yep, I know because I knew exactly. <laughs> you said, "Oh, their son's estranged." Actually, they kill people. <laughs> I wonder where this is going. I've never seen any episode of Fact or Fiction. All right. So okay. Ooh, boy. now's the name of the game, Martha. Is it fact <laughs> or is it fiction? And all you people who are listening, yes. however many there are I see you. you've made your own assumptions. But I want you to keep notes and then let us know how you did, okay? Yeah. Hit us up. I might even put some, like, things on Instagram to be like, how'd you do? Mm-hmm. All right. So the first one was the wallet. So that is with the he just finds his he like, finds the dad. wallet and it is his and it's the wallet from his dad who died two years ago. Yes, but he's an orphan. He didn't know that, and he gets a bunch of money. Okay, 
I want to say this is fact, but I don't think it's fact. So what is your final answer? Oh. Three, two, one. Fact. Answer. Fact. It is indeed fact. Yeah. How, like I keep saying, mm-hmm. how much of it is fact, I don't know. Fact, fact, I fact, like this fact, one because fact, I fact, think fact, all fact. of us want to believe that we would randomly just inherit a whole shit ton mm-hmm. of money. <laughs> so how I thought this was going to go is he returns the wallet and the guy's like, here's a pile of money because you returned my wallet and you're a good person. And then because you thought it was going to be him, time. right? Yep. It was, I picked up a dime for an old lady who dropped it and lost it and she gave me a quarter. When I was little. And that has informed all of my opinions of life. (laughs) That would inform your opinions of life of being positive. And those are not your opinions of life. Oh no, she's a pessimist. (laughs) Okay. Alright. Sweet. One for one. Second one. The hooded chair. Oh, God. I was going to say, I don't think I need you to need to remind you. For those of you who don't remember, it's the cursed chair that people sit in and die. Oh, no. Napoleon. Yeah, Napoleon Saturn. <laughs> no, this one's false. It's fact. <laughs> okay. Well, once again, quotations. They probably was like, Napoleon's chair and this one person accidentally uh, happened to touch it like one time and you've died. you a couple Curse. people who have died and touched it recently because I guess, and well, it's, you know. There's been two people that have died that? after touching this t- chair in the past 200 years. Clearly it's cursed and it's, it's true. confirmation bias where you're like, oh, I told you this thing is cursed. And then you were like, I'm just looking for curses in literally anything yeah. that happened. Yeah. You would stub your toe and be like, the curse. <laughs> oh no, a cursed hooded chair. Yep. What is a hooded chair? Does it have like a canopy? I'm guessing it has a canopy. Okay. Number three, kid in the closet. Kid goes into the closet. Oh. After the brothers, like, there's a monster. It disappears and never is heard from again. I just have a lot of belief that there are a lot more people in closets, not in, like, a gay way, but in, like, a... (laughs) (laughs) But also in a gay way. (laughs) I mean, there are plenty of people who are closeted and, like, stay safe. You come out when you want to and when you are ready. And when you're safe, like, consider that. That's very important. Yes. But like, um, and we are here for you. There's also the Mancies of closets, <laughs> and I believe uh, I don't want this to be true, but I'm gonna say fact, even though I'm pretty sure it's fiction. It is fact. Fuck. Ooh, I don't like that. So do they know what happened to the child? Okay. So here's the thing. I didn't Google anything, so I have no fucking clue. Okay. But I my, there was a panel. Yeah, yeah I'm. I'm sure. This is something I feel like if I took the time to research, I could probably actually mm-hmm. figure out because missing children are a thing. Yeah. Um, and like what I weird wh- closet shit yeah. is a thing too. I, I'm I someone like who kind of believes in parallel dimensions. So that's something I could get behind. I, I can't just get assume- behind ghosts. I can get behind oh, no. some parallel dimensions. Yeah. How about perpendicular dimensions? Yeah. We all just live in a computer program anyways. Matrix 4 is coming out. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't know how you're going to make this relevant, but I do very, very much love pretty much every person who has been in these movies. So... All right. Four was The Pass. So that's Mm -hmm. the one with the... So for three, my thought is there's a panel in the closet. They pull it back. 
And then you can just, there's like, like some places have like crawl spaces. It's and true. Like that. Like Parallel but Dimensions is the nicest version of this. It's probably a pervert. It's true. Pervert Dimensions. All right. Four. Four. The Pass. This is the one with the kid with the murmur and saw his twin and then had a heart attack because he had a murmur and Ugh. died. I think this is fiction because it's too stupid. It is indeed fiction. Good. It is too it's stupid. It's one of those that... Is, I saw my yeah. face. It's, okay. Well, it's one of those where it's like, it's more believable than some of the ghost shit, it's obviously. Like, it's not completely but, implausible. But it's like, and it's more you know you have a twin. Like, cursed chair. Does he not know he has a twin? Like, exactly. Like, this, this person knows they have a twin. I assume that if this person has woken up at all... Their parents are going to be there unless they're, like, literally dying. Somebody's probably going to be there, like yeah. a nurse. They're probably not going to just leave him with some random fucking kid yeah, who's I like, let's fucking and spook around. He's with- a fucking teenager. Tell your fucking kid he has a heart murmur. All right. Number five. Cup of Joe. This is the one with the girls. The pass and the, like, person and the weird... So they, they but, fall asleep, the they see the a billboard. billboard. What? Yeah, the billboard was for the, for the diner. diner. So they that said, like, next exist. turn, diner. So they took the turn, and then the weird and guy, kept the them. road was, like, closed, and the weird guy was like, you don't want to go this way, and they freaked out, so they turned around, mm-hmm. and then there ended up being a landslide, which they would have gotten buried in if they went up that road. I feel like that's a fact, even though it's stupid. It is indeed a fact. Yep. And it is indeed stupid. stupid. And that's why yeah. I want to be like, what? what is the true story about this? Like, that someone thought they saw a billboard and it was raining? Yes. <laughs> but, like I said, I didn't like, do any research. Yes. And more than likely, I probably wouldn't be able to find any of it. Well, but it's like... Three girls saw something, maybe. Yeah, or maybe one girl saw something and said something, and then they all kind of late at night, and it's raining, and they're all tired. As you guys know, sometimes your memory is dumb. You've heard my weird "maybe I found a dinosaur egg" memory, which is clearly fucking not true. Even in fucking like murder cases, people's like eyewitnesses are only taken with a grain of salt. With because our memories are fucked up. They're heavily they, seasoned. Yes. They fill in blanks mm-hmm. and they put in things and they're ev- easily influenced. Like, my brain is bad in, like, all sorts of ways. But, like, all brains are bad yeah. in this way. Yes. So. All right. The last one. My favorite. The diner. So, remind me again of, like, the... I know we just talked about this one. This is the one where the elderly couple thought their son died in war and was killing and killing homeless people. Fact. It is fiction, which makes me sad because I wish we weren't. Okay, I've definitely there's definitely at least I'm sure. Which I'm almost surprised this is in fact because I'm sure there's plenty of stories close enough to it. So many stories that are they would be just adjacent that they could make it fact. Where it's like they ate their son or some fucking bullshit. So unfortunately, that one is fiction. Which I'm like, that one's the most believable. People murdering people is the most believable story you can ever tell. You were like, this one's my favorite, and I was like. I wonder if it's Family Annihilator, and then it kind of was. <laughs> All right, so quickly to go over that in case you were keeping score, <laughs> the wallet was fact. How did I do? I forget. Okay. I don't know what you I got me. that one right. Fact. Hooded mm-hmm. chair, fact. That Which one I got, got wrong. Wrong. K. 
kid in the closet, fact, which you got right. Yes. So the past, fiction, which you got right. Yep. Cup of Joe, fact, which I believe you got wrong. I did. And I then got four out of six. You got four right? I thought you got three out of three. You didn't get the last one right. I thought I got the last you one. You said fact and it was fiction. Oh, you're right, I did. Yeah. So you got 50%. Oh, well, it's a feeling great. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Good enough. <laughs> All right, everyone. Episode 60. We're already here starting off our spoopy mm-hmm. season. Yep. Get ready for it. We were both a little silly today. Yeah, this is a we'll big see old mess, we'll, we'll yeah, see so we'll see where we'll go next week. We mm-hmm. have a couple more. We also are going to be in Massachusetts for uh, maybe at least one of the recordings. Yeah. So we'll see what that brings. It, we'll probably have a guess whether it's Kevin again or if we rope in. I know we wanted to do Billy, Billy. maybe Bethany. So yeah. we'll see. We'll figure it out. Don't worry. We will. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening again. Be spoopy. Spoopy. Yeah. So remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, where we would really like for you to rate, review, subscribe. We're also on Spotify. <laughs> We're also on Podbean and on the ESO Network. Uh, and we'll see you next Tuesday Squared. Next, next Tuesday. Next Tuesday squared. Yeah. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) When I think of you, my heart goes flopsy as I contemplate your sweet autopsy. (laughs) A scare. (laughs) Un fast body. Typhoon feet. <laughs> On fast body. Look for your money. <laughs> what a lugan. Die where dimension their angst. Das. Until next time, boils and ghouls. Pleasant screams. <laughs> Und fast play. Kurt Zoop. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> you know Kevin's gonna make a remix with that laugh oh, now. Oh, please do! I'm one thousand percent for it. <laughs> it's it's fair. What a lugan! This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the T Public Store which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.